What's up, youth? It's Pastor Aaron. Stoked for you guys to listen to this message. Check it out. If you guys don't know me, I'm Rob. I'm a youth leader here. I've been here for a couple years. Um, and I'm really excited. Today I'm going to be talking about Maundy Thursday. So we're on Holy Week. This is Easter week. So today is Thursday. So I'll be talking to you guys about Maundy Thursday. Um, so basically this message, I'm going to kind of go over everything that happened. Um, minor details here and there. And then I'm going to focus a lot on the Garden of Gethsemane. There, so I'm going to pronounce that wrong 10 times throughout the rest of the message, so just know it is pronounced Geth Shemini. 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 <laughs> I did it wrong. No, there's no Shem? Oh, wow. See, there you go. Geth Shemini. Okay, so I'm going to pray a sin real quick. Uh, I'm going to ask that everyone named Sean puts their phone away. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to, to, to be a vessel for you, God. I pray that you speak through me, Heavenly Father, that these are my words, that they're your words, God, and open ears, God. I pray for receiving ears, Heavenly Father, for the next 20 minutes or so, Lord, just receiving ears and your voice. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so Maundy Thursday, so basically what happens is Jesus, um, he sends a couple of disciples, Peter and John, he sends them to go prepare the Passover, the meal, where they do communion, washing of the feet, and then... They go to the garden, and then Jesus gets arrested, and that's where it all begins, the crucifixion and stuff at that point. So um, I'm going to preach out of Luke today. So the, 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 the Gospels all have their, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all have their accounts of what happened, but I'm going to focus mostly out of Luke and a little bit of Matthew. So if you do not have your Bibles, I do encourage you actually to use your phone to follow along with me. I trust that you guys will be on the Bible app. If you want, um, especially if your name is Sean, I really trust you guys. Um, is God worth 20 minutes of your time right now? I'm going to leave that up to you. That's up to you. Is it worth 20 minutes? I don't know. To me it is, but I'll leave that up to you guys. So I'm going to start on Luke 22, verse 7 is where we're going to start. I'm going to focus out of Luke, and I'll pull Matthew up later uh, when we go to the Garden of Gethsemane. So let's get started. So verse 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread in which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to, make, where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked, he said, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. So the first thing I want to focus on, I'm going to stop right there for just one second. This is kind of how this message is going to go, where I'm going to stop and cover some things and skip over some things, but I'm going to stop right there. So the first thing I want to point out is Jesus being so specific with what he's guiding these disciples to do and what he's telling them to do. So the first thing I'm going to point out is the man carrying a pail of water. This was typically back then it was women that would go to the well and carry a pail of water back to the house. But in this circumstance, it was a man. So God's plan is already working through here. It's already different. They're already noticing God working. And I want to point out again is the disciples' obedience to exactly how God planned this out. God gave them specific instructions on what to do, and they followed through, and it worked out beautifully for his plan. And that reminds me a lot of the way that God has plans for our life. He has prepared ways for us, certain things that don't make sense. For example, a man carrying a pail of water back then didn't make sense. But God prepared the way for them through that, through that. And it's a beautiful thing. So a lot of things will come up that just don't make sense, but it's God. And it's wonderful. So next, so uh, they prepare the Passover. And then um, I'm not going to touch too much on it, but in John, they go over washing of the feet. And I love the washing of the feet because it talks about being a servant leader. Um, that's one of the main points that you get out of it. And I love the idea of being a servant leader. And I don't mean to toot his horn here, but Pastor Aaron is a wonderful student leader or a servant leader um, in the ways that he does that. So he's the leader of this youth group. 
and us leaders as well, but he's the leader. The way that he's a good servant leader. So he's constantly asking people, how can I pray for you? Although I'm the leader here, how can I serve you? How can I be a servant leader to you? Can I pray for you? He offers us his home. So as you guys grow and you get older and you become bosses and managers and stuff, how can you serve those below you? And the term of below you, meaning that they don't have the status that you have, how can you still serve them? What can you still do for them that don't have the same status as you? How can you provide for them? And what can you do for them? So he goes on and he says how eager he was to have this dinner and then... Um, we're going to break it down. We're going to go down to verse 19 where the community says, this is my body given for you. So he breaks the bread and he says, this is my body. And then he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood which is poured out for you. So we're not going to touch too much on that. I know Pastor Luke is going to talk on it tomorrow, but that's communion and this is where it came from was Passover. And if you don't know what the Passover is or the Last Supper, sorry, I keep saying Passover, or the Last Supper, um, it's the painting, if you've ever seen it, with Jesus and the disciples, that's what I'm talking about here. So if you didn't know what I was talking about, now you do. So then, he, then Jesus goes on and he talks about the betrayal. So Judas is going to betray him. Judas is one of the 12 disciples. And now he's predicting that Judas is going to betray him um, and turn him over to authorities basically for money. So it says, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine at this table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed. But woe to that man who betrays him. Then the disciples, they began to question among themselves which of them it might be. And then a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So I'm going to stop right there again. And this is, um, this is a pretty powerful point right here. And I want you guys to pay attention to this. So Jesus is speaking. He's having communion, communion with them. And he's starting to tell them pretty much what's going to happen tomorrow. And he's starting to talk to them. And he says, somebody here is going to betray me. And keep in mind, Jesus is teaching and he's talking to them. And all they think about at this point, as soon as they, they get distracted and they said, someone's going to betray me, all they care about in that moment is now themselves. They're not, no longer worried about what Jesus is saying. They're no longer worried about what he has said and what he's going to say. All they care about right now is themselves and what's going on in this moment. And they start, pride creeps in. They start to argue who's better. I'm not going to betray Jesus because I'm better than you. I'm a little bit closer. I've performed. I field more arms than you. I'm not going to betray Jesus. So then this reminds me so much of how when we're walking along this road with God and we're on our journey with God and little tiny speed bumps come up and we get so distracted about them. We're not even focusing on Jesus anymore. We're focusing about ourselves and how we feel in these moments. These minor moments that have no impact on your future or even a small impact, but they have no impact on the, de- the, the destination that God has you going for and where and what he's trying to say to you. But we get so consumed about how we feel in this moment right now saying, God, I feel so alone. I feel so distracted. I feel so like I can't even talk to you, but are so focused on how I feel in this one moment right here that I'm not even focused on what he's saying. And on the destination of where he wants me. All I care about is how I feel right now. And I meant to say this at the beginning, but throughout this, uh, this message, I want you guys to understand that Jesus and the disciples were human beings. That means they feel the same pain that we feel. They have the same emotions that we have. They're all human beings. We, sometimes, at least I do, I tend to unhumanize certain people in the Bible, and I forget that they were fully human, including Jesus. When, when, when you talk tomorrow about the crucifixion, he felt every bit of that pain. The sorrows that he feels in this message we're going to talk about today, that would be no different than me sitting here or you sitting there right now saying, wow, I'm about to be sacrificed tomorrow. I'm about to be crucified. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be whipped. I'm going to be destroyed. Senseless. I'm going to be hung from a cross until I die. These are the emotions that Jesus is feeling. And this is what Jesus is telling the disciples is going to happen. 
And in this moment, all they can think about is themselves. Think about that. God's plan is so mighty for you. Is this one moment really that big of a deal? It's just a speed bump. If anything, focus on the long run. So basically, after that, Jesus kind of goes in and says some things about that. And next, hold on, I need to get a drink of water. I was sick all week. So this has been a crazy week. I'm sick and I'm tired, but God is so good. I'm not sick anymore, I promise. Um, so next, uh, he's going to predict Peter denying him three times. So uh, Luke 22, verse 31, we're on now. It says, Simon, Simon. Satan has asked you to sift, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he says, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die for you, is what he says next. And it says, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. You will deny me three times. So, trying to wrap my brain around this because how powerful that this really is when you really dive deep into it. Peter is getting ready. Peter has, or he's walked with Jesus through all of this, through the entire New Testament, or as soon as he brings Peter along, he's walked with Jesus through all of this. And Peter, he knows that Peter is getting ready to deny him three times. Deny that he was with him, deny that he walked with him, deny that he served him, deny all of it. He was going to deny that he knowed him, knew him. There's nothing that you guys have done. There's no distance that you can go. There's no sin that you can do that is too great for God to forgive you and for his grace. And I'm going to prove it right here by Peter denying that he knew Jesus three times. And all he said was, I'm praying for you. No matter how, you're going to deny me, but I'm still praying for you so that when you return to me, you will strengthen your brothers. He's not saying, when you prove it to me that you love me again. He's not saying, once you do enough things, he's saying, when you just decide to come back to me, that you strengthen your brothers. And that's really how simple it is. It almost doesn't even make sense in your head. Is I can do all these sins, and I can walk so far, and I can stray so far, but all I have to do is just come back. All I have to do is just surrender and say, forgive me, Lord, but I'm back. That's all it takes. doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how far. And then he takes you on a journey of deep healing, and that's a whole other thing, but it's beautiful. So the next thing, we go down to verse 35. It says, Jesus asked him, when I sent you without purse, bag, sandals, did you lack anything? So earlier in the New Testament, Jesus sends out his disciples, and he basically tells them, don't bring a purse, bag, sandals, don't bring anything with you, money, I'll provide everything for you. And they said, nothing, we lack nothing. And then he said, but now if you have a purse, take it, also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. So Jesus isn't saying I'm no longer going to provide for you. He's not saying that. He's still going to provide each and everything along your journey. He's going to always provide for you. Everything that you need, Jesus is going to provide for you. But what he's saying here is, I'm leaving the earth, and things are going to get a little bit hairy for you as a Christian. You're going to start facing some persecution. People are really going to start hating you for believing in me, for following me. They're really going to start doing that. And John 15, 18, it says, if the world hated you, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. 
So it's telling you right here, you're going to be hated just for following God, just for believing in him and pursuing him. But it's a beautiful thing at the end of the day because in Matthew 5.10 it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying you're going to be persecuted because you follow me. People are going to dislike you. People are going to say things about you. But blessed are you because they hated me first. But you are sacrificing for me. So then next, uh, we go down to the, to the uh, Mount of Olives. And like I said, I'm going to close on this. I'm kind of going to skim through it a little bit. He kind of, or he, he falls and he, Jesus is praying and the disciples are falling asleep and now it's when Judas is betraying him, and they're walking into the garden, and he, Judas betrays him with a kiss. So then he's arrested. Um, Jesus is arrested, and he's taken uh, before the Sanhedrin, basically. Syaphis, the high priest, uh, teachers of law and elders, and they, they kind of start. This is where it all really starts to unfold, is on Thursday night. and they, So they put blankets over his head, and they're punching him, they're kicking him, and they're beating him and saying, prophesy who hit, hit you. If you really are the son of man, prophesy who hit you. So now it's really starting to unfold, and they're trying to get him to confess to whatever they're trying to convict him of, and it's not working. So they end up taking him in and before Pilate and stuff later. But I'm going to go back to the Mount of Olives. Um, so this is where I'm going to land here, and this is where I'm going to close out for the next five to ten minutes. Um, so Jesus is going out to the Garden of Gethsemane, um, and this is where I'm going to go to Luke 39. Sorry, I'm gathering my thoughts here for just a second. Um, so it starts off by saying, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. So I'm already going to stop there. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. This was a usual practice. Jesus was going out as usual. The son, God's son, was going out as usual to pursue him. So that tells me I need to, as usual, go out and pursue God. I need to go pray as usual. This wasn't a new thing for him. So then he goes and he goes and he gets into the garden with his disciples, or three of them, and he says, pray that you will not fall into temptation, is what he tells them. So he's going to go pray, and he says, pray that you don't fall into temptation. So right now, and then you go over to Matthew, and it says you start, he feels sorrowful and troubled. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So that's the combination of the two. So he tells them to stay and pray that they don't fall into temptation. And he's telling him that he's sorrowful and he's troubled and he's, and he's feeling sorrow to the point of death. So Jesus, out of his reaction of being sorrowful to the point of death, he's going to go pursue God. He's going to go pray. He's going to go find comfort. Because keep in mind that he is fully human. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said God is fully human. He is 100% human being right now, 100% God, 100% human. Um, but he's still a human. He's going to feel all these things that he knows is coming tomorrow. Imagine. Now, just take one second and imagine how you'd feel. It's about this time of night. You're in a garden and you're praying. And you're knowing just in a couple hours I'm going to have a bag over my head getting beaten. And then the next day I'm going to be hanging from a cross, dying, after getting beaten again for hours. Imagine how sorrowful you'll feel. Imagine the temptation to walk away from it all. Because keep in mind, this is also a choice. But he's so faithful to God, he's going to go through with it. So, he fell to his face. So he goes out in the garden and says, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, Jesus isn't actually asking to get out of this. 
He's not really asking to get out of this. He's just portraying his heart in this saying, God, if you really want this, I'm going to do it. If you really, really want this, Heavenly Father, I am going to do this. And he sends an angel to comfort him. And then he goes back to the disciples and he finds them sleeping. And he says, couldn't you keep men, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit, so your spirit man is willing to serve God. Your spirit man desires God. Everybody in this room has a spirit that desires God, but your flesh is weak. Your flesh desires these humanly things that lead into temptation. He's telling the disciples, wake up and pray that you don't fall into temptation because your flesh is weak. So the more that you wake up and follow God and you pursue him and you pray that you don't fall into temptation, your spirit man will come out. And your spirit man will obey, as Pastor Billy will often say, when you divide the two. So then he goes back and he, he prays again for a second time. And he says, Father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. He's doing the same thing. He's not asking for a get out card. He's just surrendering to the Lord. And then he goes back and he finds him sleeping again. He goes and prays a third, a third time. The same thing it says in Matthew. And then he comes back to the disciples again and he says, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Now, this is my favorite part right here in the whole entire thing. If you haven't listened to anything, go ahead and listen right now. I challenge you to listen right now. He's saying, wake up. Wake up. You desire me. You want me. Wake up. It's time for you to wake up. Now, you combine this with earlier when he says, when it talks about sacrificing and everything and what's causing you to sleep? What is causing you to stay asleep and not surrender to the Lord? Now, do you feel like you're so hurt in your heart that you can't pursue the Lord? Are you minimizing the Lord that he can't heal you? Are you putting God in a box and saying, I'm too hurt. I'm too far gone. I've strayed too far. Too much has happened in my life that I can't surrender it to you. Are you putting God in that box or are you understanding that he's a healing God? He's a miracle working God and he desires you and he wants you. You cannot stray too far. Peter denied him three times in one night after walking with him. After breaking bread with him and doing communion with him, that same night he denied him three times and all Jesus had to say is, I'm praying for you so when you return, you'll strengthen your brothers. What's causing you to sleep and not wake up and pursue God? What is it deep in your heart? And that's what I wanna challenge you guys and I wanna go into a time of ministry and this message went by a lot faster than I thought but I really feel like the Lord wants to minister to you guys today. What's that thing that's causing you to sleep and not wake up? He's saying it's time. It is time to wake up. It is time. So we're going to enter into a little time of ministry, and if the leaders want to spread out and stuff, and but if you guys want to just hash it out with God, I want you to really get down with God and really ask him, saying, God, what is it within me that is causing me to sleep? And if you know what it is within you that's causing you to sleep, then confess it. But it's just time for us to wake up and pursue the Lord and surrender these things to the Lord.
Whatever it may be, there's power in confession as well. That's why the leaders are here, is to confess it and talk to them. Surrender it to the Lord. So I'm going to enter into a time of prayer and let you guys hash it out with God for a second. And if you feel like you're sleeping, or there's parts of you that are sleeping, not your whole self, you're saying, God, I'm 95% for you, but 5% of me just can't do it. It's this one last thing that's still causing me to sleep a little bit. I'm just a little bit tired. If there's one thing left, then I could be all in for you. This one temptation, this one desire, this one part of my flesh. There's just that one thing. Then surrender that to the Lord. Peter wasn't willing. He said he was willing to go to jail and die. But at the end of the day, he sacrificed him three, or he denied him three times. Are you actually willing to sacrifice some things for God? Are you actually willing, or are you going to do what Peter did and actually deny him three times that very night? So I think it's time that we wake up. Stop sleeping and we wake up and we go all in for the Lord. I want to challenge you guys to do that tonight. So like I said, I'm going to enter into a little prayer and we're going to leave it open. For whatever you guys want, if you want to hash it out with the Lord where you sit or if you want to come talk to a leader about maybe that one thing that is causing you to sleep and you want some advice, you want to get prayed over, you want a little kickstart, then I challenge you to come forward. There's so much power in that. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for speaking. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your healing power, your healing goodness, that you want to touch the deepest hurts in our heart, Heavenly Father, and you want to heal them. You want to touch them. You want to minister to those deep inner wounds, God. I thank you that nobody can stray too far, that you desire us, and all we have to do is come back and confess and ask for your forgiveness, and that's all we have to do is just come back, is just turn around. Thank you so much, Lord. Hope you guys got a ton out of that message. I know I did. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. Subscribe to us on YouTube or Spotify by searching The Rock YTH or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. See you next time.